Hey everybody, welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast, episode 13. Very fitting for what we're discussing today. My name is Kevin and I'm here with my returning guest. Oh, this is Kat, sometimes called Mom. Did you forget your name? I did. (laughs) I thought you were going to introduce me. I didn't know I was introducing me. That's all right. We're recording this late at night after a long... uh, dinner evening uh, after hurricane yeah after a hurricane and after a night out eating dinner with family so it's all right it's all right we all got little hiccups um but i think you exceed your limit from time to time i didn't even have a drink at dinner so i don't know what the issue is nope but anyway hello everybody uh thank you for tuning in to this episode again Hope you guys enjoyed the episode that my mom and I did last weekend on Cujo. That was a fun one. Kind of tying back into our uh, Haunted Screams Expo experience after meeting Gary Morgan. And what we're talking about this week, oddly enough, I just remembered, also ties in to our Haunted Screams Expo experience. It does. But I'm not going to do the spoiler this time. So I'll let you tell him what we're going to talk about. (laughs) Fair enough. So yeah, we while we were at Haunted Screams Expo back in uh, the middle of September, we met a few other people at this con who are known for two different generations of the same uh, property. So we met Butch Patrick, the original Eddie Munster from the original sitcom The Munsters. And we also met Daniel Roebuck, who plays the Count in what we're talking about today, Rob Zombie's new film, The Munsters. So it was the best of both worlds. We had the original, we had the classic. Uh, I was just so thrilled to meet Butch Patrick. I mean, I, I waited months as soon as you know we found out we were going, and then they announced him as their very last guest yeah, and they, they announced him like two weeks before we went i know but it's it seemed like forever and i just i the monsters was ironically it only ran for what two seasons and yet it's such a big part of my childhood because it was in reruns for so very long and it's a classic and yeah. it's black and white and it's just something that I knew so well. So to get to meet Eddie Munster, the the son, the kid that I had grown up watching on TV was really something else. And just as a side note, he is a wonderful, friendly person, very genuine. His wife was an absolute doll. We sat with her at their Q&A. And she's very funny and very friendly and... Uh, just one of the child stars that grew up and didn't go off the deep end. He's very grounded. He's very aware of what he is and who he is, and he embraces it. Absolutely. He doesn't resent, he doesn't resent it at all. He's actually proud of it, and he said it was a stepping stone to a, a great life, and I love to hear that. Yeah, so obviously this was a, a formative show for you because you were around – as a little girl when the original Munsters came out. So was this something you watched regularly on television? 
It was some, if I remember correctly, it was on in the afternoons after school. And yes, it was. And it was a safe show that my parents allowed me to watch because in spite of the horror, scary aspect of it, this was a family show. The Munsters were a family and they had family values that were woven into their show. Plus, you know, it was funny. It was very campy. It was very silly and it was family friendly just overall. And it specifically is famous for one episode where Herman is talking to Eddie. Um, there were a few instances where Eddie was bullied for being a, for being different from the other kids. In fact, even Herman was bullied by his coworkers and he, it was about teaching Eddie to stick up for himself. But as a parent, we all have those conversations with our kids but in this one famous episode, Herman tells Eddie that it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. The only thing that matters is what you are on the inside. And that's become the famous episode of the monsters. But again, it was all about family values and it was a very unorthodox family. So think huh. about the, characters. we can, we can relate. Yes. Um, so the characters, of course, were Herman and Lily. Those were the parents. And Lily was the equivalent of the Bride of Frankenstein. Herman, of course, being Frankenstein. And Eddie was their child. And I spent a good portion of my life thinking that he was a vampire child. I also thought he was a vampire, actually. All right, so I should have paid better attention to detail as a child because Eddie is a werewolf. So you have the Bride of Frankenstein and Frankenstein who have given birth to a werewolf, but Lily's dad, known as Grandpa on the show, portrayed by Al Lewis and just an absolute iconic character in really one of the funniest parts of the show, he was a vampire. So yep. her dad was a vampire, and then they had their poor, unfortunate niece that they took in as a favor to the family, and she was so ugly, <laughs> quote-unquote. In reality, she was the only normal non-monster in the family, but they always referred to her as unfortunate and bemoaned the fact, and she did too, that she was so ugly, and yet... Um, she was played by two different two different actresses, and they were both blonde bombshells. So that was the irony. Yep. They called, you know, they called, um, they called her ugly, but yet she was stunningly beautiful by, you know, human standards. Yeah. So, I. So when I found out that the Munsters was being remade, I always was kind of aware of the Munsters, but didn't really dive into it. And slightly embarrassing fact, I, so obviously we all know the, uh, the iconic Munsters theme, the, that was a horrible, um, interpretation of that. So I apologize, but 
Well, hopefully we all we all know that like surf rock. What'd you say? Hopefully, people know what it really sounds. Yeah, because those notes were. I'm a singer too, and those notes were nowhere near uh, correct. So I apologize, but so everybody knows the iconic like surf rock type theme song for the Munsters. I actually had heard that song many, many times, and I didn't know that it was from the Munsters. Oh, wow. That's that's wild. I thought you knew. No, and you know that there's always the uh, the Munsters versus the Adams Family debate. Um, yeah. By the way, Team Munsters all the way. Oh, um, same. But, uh, you know, we talked about this before when we were coming back from from the con, I was excited that the Munsters was getting, a <clears throat> getting a, a reboot because I felt like the Adams family has been on people's radar for longer spans of time than the Munsters has because it's been so long since we've had a, a feature film. And you know, the Munster or not the Munsters, the Adams families had like the new animated films and stuff. And just everybody knows the da, 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 you know everybody knows that song so i was glad to see that the munsters was coming back for the new generation which is what we're here to talk about mr rob zombie one of my favorite directors has taken his spin at rebooting the munsters and you talked about the setup of the original show being a sitcom the family living at 1313 mockingbird lane right that's the address it is and is this is a film that takes place before they get to 1313 Mockingbird Lane. And we see how Herman and Lily met and uh, not Grandpa yet, but the Count's disdain for Herman. And I'll just get this out of the way right out the bat. We, as we talked about, met Daniel Roebuck, who plays the Count in the New Munsters film. He's been in a bunch of other Rob Zombie works because Rob Zombie likes to reuse friends of his to play his characters. He plays He's been the on count that lot too. Yep. He's done a lot of work actually. He has. Yeah. So he plays the count in this new iteration of the Munsters. He is without a doubt my favorite character in this new version. We met him at the con. He was hysterical, very down to earth. You can clearly tell he's put so much passion into this project. He told an awesome story about how when he was uh, participating in like the circus as a kid or went out to be in the circus, he had to think of a clown character that he named the Count and based off of his love of Al Lewis's uh, grandpa. And now fast forward all these years later and he's playing the Count. So... so- he said, you know, think of it. He was a 13-year-old kid, and he developed this character, the Count, and he told his mom, I'm going to be the Count someday. I'm going to play that character someday. And here he is, and his his dream is true, his goal, or whatever you want to call it. But he made a vow as a 13-year-old boy, and there he was playing that character in the Munsters. Yep. And we were privileged to be at their Q and A. Yeah, you got to you got to ask them a question. I, I had a, a flash. Or two two of, questions actually. You got to ask Daniel one and uh, Butch one. 
I don't really know what possessed me, but somehow I ended up with the microphone in my hand. No possession. It was just your stubborn son pushing you to do it. Yeah, you kind of, you kind of under like, under the guise that I would also ask a question or ask a question, which I meant to, but I couldn't think of anything. So right. So just so you know, everybody, he tricked me into taking the microphone. <laughs> but we remember we thanks. We had already met these two, and I knew that they were just both great guys. I mean, yep. that you could sit and you could talk to for hours and laugh and joke, and they're they're just they were normal but very welcoming people. So I asked Daniel if he studied the Al Lewis portrayal of grandpa slash the count in order to prepare for his role. And he said he'd been studying him for 55 years because he also, he's in my age group and he grew up watching the Munsters as well. So he started going right into <laughs> the character remember yeah and then and so he talked like him and but he and he butch both were doing the impersonations right. of grandpa it was awesome so they were both uh doing impersonations of al lewis's grandpa but daniel has played the count and he put rather than just doing al lewis he brought himself into the character in the meantime while he's trying to talk Butch is over sitting on his right, and he launches into his impersonation of <laughs> Al Lewis, which was honestly better than Daniel's. I was dying. He sounded exactly like him. Butch's, talking, Butch's like face changed. Like yeah, Butch's right? like face changed when he was doing the Al Lewis impersonation. But remember, he hung out with him on the set, yep. um, and it was Universal, which was known as the Monster Studio, And he, but he grew up around him. But the two of them are holding a conversation, doing that voice, and it really was so entertaining and very, very funny. And, you know, they were, they were cutting up, and then my question for Butch was, he always had a stuffed animal or a doll as it were on the show and he was called wolf wolf and i know you thought i said woof woof but frankly it's very hard to say wolf wolf i did so i did was, think for years that the name yeah. of the doll was woof woof so it was a like you know the girls would carry baby dolls he carried baby werewolf and i asked him what had happened to the original and he said that actually someone had given it to him and then it fell apart and then they put back together and so he has three of them now but he still has the original one from the show which i thought was pretty cool because he's so awesome that everywhere yeah um but yeah the two of them imitating al lewis really was hysterically funny yeah so Overall, at Haunted Screams, uh, needless to say, we were excited for the Munsters, um, but just getting to meet those actors and see the panel and uh, just and, getting to talk to them about how excited they were about the new film and just made us more what excited. What? What else did they bring? What else was there that we got to pose with? Oh, the Dracula. Oh, that was so cool. So there was the car that they used to have on the show. Now, it was not the one they took if they were going on a family outing. It was the race car, 
the 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 monster coach that was the one that they went out in as a family but this was the race car and herman in his racing gear there was a there was a herman standing up beside the wall and grandpa was in the car and we went to go take the picture and uh butch patrick's uh good buddy um what was his name tony uh tony is uh is a friend of butch's and we went to go take uh the picture and you went first with taking your photos and tony goes do you want grandpa in or out and i said leave it in <laughs> so oh, yeah. we got some great pictures with uh with grandpa sitting in the in the car but tony also brought um a monsters themed escape room and yeah. there was just and you know Daniel brought all these these fig like these limited edition figures that he was signing for people action but, figures yeah, yeah butch and they were very detailed too butch brought out like copies of the old um feature films monsters go home was one of them on his table and one thing that i picked up was butch patrick's monster memories a mini coffin table book and yep, it's got yep. pictures from the original, and it's got his experiences and his comments through it. Tony's in there uh, because they're friends, and I've had so much fun going through it. Just really brings back memories, and there's some great candid photos from the set. Yeah, you got him to sign the book, too, which was very cool. And I have uh, two signed photos, one from Daniel, one from Butch, and we got some great pictures out of it. So thank you, Daniel and Butch, for uh, making our... Haunted Screams Expo experience, amazing, and building the hype for the film, which uh, I think we should waste no more time and uh, dive on into Rob Zombie's The Munsters. Which was very polarizing. It sparked a lot of... Yes. And we're going to touch on the points that have come up that people are debating about, but so let's let's dive on in to the film. so I believe the first uh, person that we met was was the count. Correct. And we get yep. to so. Side note, I've said this before on many episodes, but if you have not seen the Munsters Rob Zombie's version, there's going to be spoilers all over the place. So if you spoilers, are if spoilers, you're gonna spoilers. watch it and you have not watched it already, don't listen to this episode any further. Until you do, because we're going to do a deep dive on the plot. Well, I think we should tell everyone, too, that there were three of us watching this movie. So you had me sitting here watching it with, you know, the original Munsters just literally as part of my very soul. And then you've got me, who's kind of middle of the road in that, like, I've seen the Munsters, but I didn't grow up with it. I just watched it as appreciating where like horror comedies come from but i love the original show and was excited for this reboot and i watched the original show before this and then you had uh my younger brother who has never seen a frame of the monsters before and this was his first experience right so you had three different perspectives and also you're you're pretty well versed with in rob zombie movies yeah absolutely so you had three very different perspectives sitting down to watch this movie together. And to be honest, a co- I several times while we were watching it, I would turn my head and watch 
my boys' reactions to something that meant so much to me, but the newer version of it, to yeah. see if you all were getting as involved as I was. Oh, and I'm I very was happy to report. Not you were howling, <laughs> and your brother is really reserved when he laughs. Yep, but he was cracking up. I and he was it very enjoyable. I was sorry late at night. Um, I was yeah, I'm bored. No, uh, I was oh, splitting my sides laughing at this movie, and you know we'll just go ahead and say before we dive into the plot further that we had three different variations of views going into this film, but all three of us really enjoyed it. It was a great way to break in our October. We all had a good time watching it as a family. Um, I'm already telling my nieces and nephews that they need to watch it too, and that I'll watch it with them and celebrate October that way. So, and the big thing to note here is that Rob Zombie, you talk about him as a filmmaker. This is his first PG like kids movie all the other rob zombie movies are hard r violent bloody gory films and this was his attempt at remaking something that he really loved but doing it like keeping it as a kid's film so if you're going to sit down and watch this and you're expecting a rob zombie film you will be disappointed i'm just going to put that out there but if you go in with the spirit of the monsters, because you will enjoy it immensely. Yeah. Rob Zombie wasn't just a fan of the original monsters. He was an Uber fan. He yes. knows the monsters inside and out. So this was a passion project for him. And he wanted to be true to the spirit of the monsters. And I think he accomplished it because Again, this is a movie that adults will enjoy and crack up, but this, again, is a family experience. So I have no problem sitting down with my grandchildren to watch this, as well as my grown sons. And I think there's something for everybody, just like the original. So he captured that spirit in all ways, I feel. Absolutely. But only a true fan of the monsters could have pulled this off. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was a very enjoyable watch. It was very much done with a lot of love, a lot of, um, nods to the original show. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just a, it was a passion project. It was done with a lot of love and care towards the original. Absolutely. And so plot wise, um, sorry if you can hear my dog in the background. Um, Plot-wise, this is the story of Herman and Lily first meeting. And I got to say, yes. So, um, we (laughs) we see the Count all excited because Lily, played by Sherry Moon Zombie, um, I know her performance has been a, a bit polarizing, um, and we'll talk on the main arguments that people have with this film as we go along, but her performance to me was exactly what it needed to be. And so we meet her <laughs> going on a date with another vampire, and this date scene just cracked me up. It was, if if the a monster tinder 
Transylvania. <laughs> yes. Think of your worst Tinder date and the one that you definitely should have swiped the other way. That was this dude. Yeah, no, it was hysterical. And he was showing but he was her. Rich. But right, yeah, but right out of the gate, they get the campiness and the tone of the Munsters perfectly because what we actually see before the Count comes in, that's the first main character we meet. We meet the professor that creates um, Herman and his grave robber buddy. And then we meet the Count, uh, who, again, I actually just forgot, just remember this part. He gets up out of his coffin and he goes, and stretches and then like gets his bed, like hurts his back (laughs) while waking up. And immediately I was like, this is going to be perfect. Yeah. And That's the first thing you see. Now yeah. remember, he wants his daughter to marry well, and this other count is a wackadoodle, yep. but he's filthy rich. But doesn't yeah. he end up showing her pictures of his dog of his, or something? No, it's it's his pet rats. Um, oh, that's right, his rats. <laughs> like, so all he does is show <laughs> her pictures of his rats. He likes to sleep up by my face, <laughs> or something like that. And so, she cannot wait to get out yeah, of there. Yeah, needless to say, she... I forget what he does. He takes her to a club with a really funny name. And he's like, you're not ready for this or something. And then he does like a really stupid dance. Well, and, he's actually the club owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a really funny name, though. I wish I could remember it. But she it, ends it up... It was a horrible day. Yeah, so she ends up leaving, and I'm not... I think his reaction... She's like, I'm just going to leave. And her his reaction was, okay. <laughs> and then yeah. and then she just leaves. But then, right. so she, you know, wants someone to to love and... and and really fall for, and the Count's upset because this other guy didn't work out. Well, Herman is created by the grave robber and the doctor, um, or professor, or whatever he is, and Herman appears on a TV show and just starts uh, cracking jokes, and that's how Lily sees him. But we got to talk about this guy, Jeff Daniel Phillips as Herman. Yes. So this was the big question mark for me because well you're replacing Fred Gwynn right in this and honestly and and I even told um Butch and Daniel this I wanted Fred Gwynn to be my dad when I was little he was the ultimate dad to me he was Herman Munster not necessarily Fred Gwynn but Herman Munster <laughs> like I wanted to be his daughter he was he gave the best he was clueless most of the time, and Lily just w- rolled her eyes a lot. But he gave the best advice, and Absolutely. he was a protective and loving dad. And so for me, and I told you this, this movie and my experience with it hinged on the guy playing Herman. Because if he couldn't uh, be up to Fred Gwynn's standards, and let's face it, that's those are big shoes to walk in right <laughs> literally <laughs> so if he didn't fill that role well for me the movie was just going to be a total disaster yes and, and i was he captured herman's spirit yes he did so well. and was it a duplicate or a replica of or a recreation of fred Gwynn? no it was not 
he very much did his own thing, but there are definitely some Fred Gwynn-isms in his portrayal. He was definitely playing Herman, but I think the genius of this is that he was playing a young Herman. So as long as he had the potential for the mannerisms and you could see him as what Herman would become, it worked. And that's exactly (laughs) what he did. And, and also Herman and Lily, they were the best love story ever. They were a loving married couple. She literally put up with him and they showed them falling in love, which again was so believable because you know what they become in the future. Yeah. I and think so he did a wonderful job as Herman. Absolutely. He has so many one-liners that just killed me uh, towards to the laugh. towards the end when they are trying to negotiate on buying 1313 Mockingbird Lane mm-hmm. and the woman was trying to sell them like a real house and Herman and well Lily says, "Look at that hideous monstrosity he's tr- she's trying to sell you." <laughs> and <laughs> and then Herman says pointing at the house that they will go to that he wants to live there. And she's like, okay. And he's like, I will, I will have to play hardball with you or something like that. It's <laughs> just... <was> literally saying <laughs> yes. And then, uh, or even when the two guys, uh, come out to, to offer him a job at the funeral home and they're <laughs> like, yeah, you'd work at a funeral home. And he goes, a funeral home. I can dig that. Like I, that was the joke that just finished me off from there. It was just all over. And he has so many like stare at the moment or stare at the camera moments that he's, he's perfect. He is a shining star in this movie and back to, and back to Lily Munster with Sherry Moon zombie. She, I know a lot of people said she's overacting. Everybody is. Everybody's over the top. They're supposed to be. And I don't think that's what they really said, uh, her critics. And, and I'm a fan of her. She does good work and everything I've ever seen. What some of the critics said, and I don't agree with them, is that she did Yvonne DiCarlo, Lily, so well that she didn't put enough of herself into the role, whereas, you know, Daniel was the count, but he didn't quite do Al Lewis. He did his own thing. And Jeff did Fred Gwynn, but he was his own person. And I guess some of the criticism about her performance was that she was, she had Yvonne DiCarlo down to a T. And I yeah, but I've 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 seen she, the original she, Munsters. She held down Lily well. Yeah, and, I've seen the original Munsters, and I wholeheartedly disagree with that lily did overact i mean she was very dramatic and sharon captured her spirit yeah well that's the thing about the original monsters is that everybody was over the top and like it's being we've talked about this a bunch in the almost week since we've watched this because we watched it on the first night that it dropped we did because we were like it was perfect like we got all got off work we went over to your house. Sean and I brought dinner and we sat down and watched the Munsters on the first yeah. night. If and you did hear the last episode, Kevin did buy dinner, just so you know. I did. Uh, KFC. Um, yep. <laughs> I did not make it myself. Um, but uh, she. Yeah. Sherry Moon Zombie. I think she's great. 
in all of Rob Zombie's movies and everything she's done. And I also think that she brought her own spin to Lily and just had fun with the role because, and this is something we've talked about in the week since we've watched this almost. I don't think people these days know what camp is anymore. And I don't mean that in a, oh, everyone's stupid way. I just mean that, especially in the horror genre, I read a comment somewhere uh, in the last week that said, someone was talking about the Munsters and watching the new movie and they're like, oh, I had fun with it. And so the comment said, not going to watch it. I like real horror. And I'm like, but it's not a horror movie, you know? The whole whole point of the Munsters, it, it was the campiest thing out there and it absolutely worked because of it. And so in order to be a true prequel and to capture the spirit of the Munsters, you had to do this campy. So this was not going to be your typical Rob Zombie, gory, scary. It, it couldn't be because that's not what the Munsters You might as are. well not call it the Munsters if it was like that. It's a kid's movie yeah. through and through. And if you don't like that, yeah, you're going to be disappointed. But this is a movie for kids. And I think people need to remember that. So like in moments like where Lily sees Herman on the television and the background of the movie changes behind her and it's like a bunch of hearts. Yes, she's floating. fallen in love. She's yep. fallen in love, but it's like it's like a live action cartoon, you know? Right. And Very much I think so. people just need to chill, first of all, and remember that that's the t- like it might not have looked exactly like that because Rob Zombie wanted to take it a little further and make it even crazier, but that's what the Munsters was like in the sixties. It was just like, let's go for the, the dad jokes and the crazy effects and, and the knee slapping humor type stuff. And if you don't like that, then yeah, you're probably not going to like the Munsters. But the other thing we got to address here, and this is probably a bigger polarizing thing. I am fully aware that there are many, many, many people out there who do not like Rob Zombie's work. They don't like his music, and they don't like his horror films especially. And I don't think that's a fair assessment to make on the Munsters, because this is not like his other work. And I don't think it's fair to say, well, I don't like anything else he's done, and just brush it off. Rob Zombie's creative, but he's not a one-trick pony. So no, not he at all. stepped out of the, the corner that he was known for, and he did this. But I am going to say, you know, as in the last couple of years, we've gone through a lot in this world and are still going through a lot. And something like this is a very silly outlet. And I find it enjoyable, and I really hope that people can put aside I'm a serious horror fan or or whatever just can put everything aside for just a minute and realize that it's okay to be silly that this is it's okay to laugh at this I mean seriously Herman and Lily do a Sonny and Cher duet 
as <laughs> forgot about that. Up. That's the montage. And I, every time I think of that, I start giggling again because it was so very much in the fashion of the time. I mean, Rob Zombie did not update this. He kept it in the 60s. But they're sitting there, and Herman's a rock star, and he's playing at a club. And she goes, and she sits at the table to get his attention. And, you know, come on, ladies, we've done that. We've sat there hoping the lead singer was going to look our way or what have you. But And Herman's wearing the goggles like he did when he was driving the Dragula. And he was just so ridiculously over-the-top silly rock star and they had they were just funny together yeah so enjoy the silly we we've earned it we've earned those giggles for sure yes we have and uh look no further for for the giggles and the silliness than uh lily's brother and the count's (laughs) other son (laughs) in the (laughs) in the movie uh lester i believe is his name Oh, wait a minute. Lester was a werewolf, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Oh, that's how Eddie becomes a werewolf. Yeah. So it was well, in the bloodline. So okay. got it. you're probably all wondering how did it, because this film takes place in Transylvania, and you're probably wondering how do the Munsters go from Transylvania to 1313 Mockingbird Lane? Well, the gist of the story is that... Um, <clears throat> Uh, the Munsters are put into a little bit of a situation where the Count loses his house uh, mm-hmm. because he's so he's got the Count's castle. Lester, the brother of Lily, who is a werewolf, borrowed money from a gypsy lady who happen who happens to be the Count's ex-wife, right and. He can't pay it back, and the gypsy says, "Okay, I will let you keep your head <laughs> and not decapitate you if you get me the house from the count." And you find out they had a nasty divorce, and she threatened to take his house. And well, he Lester tricks Herman into signing it over because he says, "Well, you're the man of the house now because you and my sister are married." And so he gets him to sign it away. Herman was never the brightest crayon in the box. No. And the Munsters are about to be homeless, so they are like, well, this is a disaster. We just need to get out of Transylvania. Like, we're broke, and we just need to move. So they go to the place that we know them from, from the sitcom. And they move into the house. They don't have a penny to their name. And Herman ends up uh, rich at the end because Lester later on comes back and said, well, I made a killing at the casino with the money I got from uh, from the gypsy and I placed bets on it and got more money back. So the Munsters end up being rich and that's how they settle into uh, 1313 Mockingbird Lane and that's uh, where the movie ends. But we do see okay. Herman try to go to his job at the funeral home and then he's too scared of all the people out in the street to do it. And he's, <laughs> so we, he's terrified of little girls at a lemonade stand and families riding on their bikes. So can we talk about the real estate agent? 
Oh, yes. And when they're looking, so who plays the real estate agent? Cassandra Peterson. Elvira herself. And she is about to show this house on Halloween. So she's going to a costume party and she says, I hope you don't mind. I'm already going to be in my costume. And they're like, no, no, no. So Mm -hmm. she is dressed up as a witch. And then they show up and, you know, they're the monsters. And so she thinks it's, you know, kind of cool that they're dressed up for Halloween as well. And there's actually a block party going on on Mockingbird Lane. And so they're out there meeting the neighbors and they're the head of the party. And everybody thinks they're cool. Look, the new neighbors are already partying with us. And they're thinking the new neighbors are just like us. But, of course, the neighbors are in costume and the Munsters are being the Munsters. Yep. So yeah. the next day, it's 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 all a whole different thing. But I'm looking at my mini coffin book here, table book, and there is a beautiful picture of the original 1313 Mockingbird Lane. And I have to say, they got it right in the movie as well. It very much is recognizable and looks like their home. Because I'm looking at the picture of the original. So they did a good job in that as well. Yep. And uh, you talk about um, Cassandra Peterson, Elvira doing a cameo in the film. We also have Dee Wallace as the voice of Good Morning Transylvania on the television. Yeah, she's a TV caster. Pat Priest in there. She's the voice right. of the air- of the airline when they're coming to America. Now, for those of you that don't know, Pat Priest was the, she stepped in on like, I think the 14th episode as Marilyn, the air quote, ugly niece. And so her voice is heard as a nod towards the original. And sorry, side note, guys, if you just heard a loud boom on there, it's because the recording device fell off the desk. So, Sorry if Great. that makes a loud noise. So we'd like to bring you this professional podcast, but we're not. No, it's, it's, it's me running the podcast. It's no, it's not professional. No, just saying things are falling off. That's kind of like, that's our family. Yep. So also there's another uh, cameo. So people are wondering if Butch Cassidy was so, he's doing publicity and he's so attached to this. Sorry, what did you call him? Why isn't he in it? Sorry, I what? called him Butch Cassidy. So, yeah, no, movie. Butch Patrick. Butch Patrick. So, also, Butch. did you did you say who Pat Priest played originally? Yeah, Marilyn. Okay. Yeah, no, not Butch Cassidy, Butch Patrick. <sighs> Sorry, all the movies, all the old movies, they're just up in my head. Which, Sorry, but side, side note. If you didn't know Butch Patrick was in here, you wouldn't know where to look for this cameo. No, it plays a tin can man. Who is the um, the person who weds uh, Herman and Lily. He's a robot. He doesn't wed them. He performs the wedding ceremony. Otherwise, what? that's like a weird three-part marriage thing. You know what? Whatever. It's 2022. Right. It but could it be man, woman. I now pronounce you man, woman, and robot. Could be, but this was in the sixties. No, that was my so, that was my fault, people. I am an idiot and I'm tired, so I said the wrong thing. Yes, he. Right. Yeah, he <laughs> he does their wedding ceremony. 
So he's in there, um, and there's just some nods, really keeping it. There, there's a lot of callbacks to the original, which, if you know the original, you were just these these little Easter eggs are. They were really fun to see. Um, I do want to bring up because this is talked about a lot, the colorization in the new in Rob Zombie's movie. Please, now, I love this colorization. Right. A lot of people found it off-putting. Now, remember, the Munsters was in black and white. But if you look at some of the original pictures from the set, Grandpa's face was actually bluish. You just can't tell because it was all filmed in black and white. No, and but I, I, I caught that, though. Makeup on. But when I first saw the trailer, and, and I was looking for anything that was out there, when you first saw it, I was like, oh, these colors are, are so bright. Herman is so green, and Grandpa is so blue. I don't know. And I found it off-putting myself. That was just for the promo stuff. Then, when the actual movie came on, and I saw the way it was filmed, the colors somehow were toned down and it worked it worked so so well but for some people that was something that they took issue with i think it worked i don't think the colors were that and again is a vampire really blue in the face probably not not the way he's not the way vampires have been portrayed in other movies but this is the monsters. This is campy. This is silly. So yes, Herman is bright pea green, and the Count has a very beautiful blue face, and that's the way it was made because these are the monsters. This is not. This is not an, a typical vampire type thing going on. No. But that was one thing that people had a hard time with. I think it worked. So, I, so yeah, no, I agree. I love the the color scheme on this film. I think it's uh you know, again, it's a kids movie and when you're a kid, you know, like visuals are what draw you in and I definitely think that the color scheme and the setup of this film are going to draw a lot of kids in. So, I think Rob Zombie was successful there. Side note, there's a cameo in here that I did not notice before. Uh, Who is it? As the Raven, uh, hopefully I pronounce his name right, Fred Curry, he is the drummer for the glam metal band Cinderella. <laughs> oh, really? As the Raven. Does he play, and because Herman's fronting a band, is he in the band or no? No, no I, don't th- I don't actually remember where the Raven was. Huh. Uh, well, we will be watching it again, so we'll find it him oh i think it's a raven coming out of the clock oh that was the clock was funny yeah which is a callback to the original it looks like so um Uh, did did you know that fred gwynn used to play music on the set he played guitar nope so herman being in a rock band was a nod to that i yeah so, the side note, like side note also, the soundtrack to this new film was fantastic. Oh, it was crazy good. I love that uh, They Are the Munsters song that plays at the credits. Yep. 
Which, one thing before we sort of wrap it up here, there is one last thing that happens before the credits roll that just put a big old smile on your face and mine and Sean's, my brother. They recreate the opening to the sitcom with the new actors. And I was watching this whole film wondering, like, where is the theme song going to pop up? Because you can't do it without the song. And at the very end, when they settle into their house and they're rich... They recreate the opening to the sitcom with Herman breaking through the door and then Lily and Grandpa come through. Grandpa comes through with the shovel and you hear the theme song that I won't sing again because I already messed it up. They can Google that. The sitcom opens with them coming to the door of 1313 Mockingbird Lane and Lily waves and she comes out very dramatically with her, her flowing garments and... Herman is kind of bumbling around and he's so big and clumsy. He crashes through and then grandpa comes out and he's holding the shovel the wrong way. So he can't get through the door. (laughs) So then he has to move the shovel and they literally ended the movie where the monster starts. Yeah. It ties up that, that bow very nicely. Now Um, the last line and for a little bit, I'm not going to say this movie was perfect. I loved it. It's enjoyable. I'm going to enjoy watching it, um, you know, every Halloween with my grandkids and all of that stuff. It will be a classic in our family. I'm no, not going to say it was perfect. You can, have- you can nitpick things about it. It is a little long, and it does kind of wander for a bit before you get back to the main plot. Well, I have two things that that I'd like to bring up that gave me pause. I won't say they really bothered me, but they gave me pause. But they bothered you. I'm also one that goes into a movie expecting it to be good. I never sit down to watch something thinking this is going to suck. I always always have high hopes for everything. There was a part in the movie where it went into – a black and white cartoonish. I think it was when they were they were just arriving in in California. Oh in yeah, it's when they, they get driving. in the. They're not and, driving the Dragula. It's just the realtor showing them around. Right. So it kind of went into like the music video from Aha Take on Me. That whole drawing type thing. That's what it reminded me of. Well. You know what it actually reminds me because it didn't fit. It was really abrupt. The more I think about it, I actually enjoyed that scene, but you know what it actually reminds me of? And it could be a subtle nod to that. If you've seen the Dragula music video from Rob Zombie, that's the music video is him riding around Uh, in the car with a cartoonish background. Okay. So I think it could just be a, even though it's not the Dragula, I do think it could just be a play on that. It could be. It just seemed to be rather abrupt placement. And then it's gone. And the very last line that Herman says in the movie, the very last line of dialogue is, we're rich. And then boom, the movie's over. Now, I understand that they had to bring it back because the Munsters were very wealthy. They had money even though Herman had a blue collar job on the TV show, they were very wealthy. They always had money. And this old decrepit house was in reality, a mansion. 
but I felt that that was a very abrupt ending. Oh, it does. There yeah, going, there's some the there's some whiplash uh, right. stuff in there that it it ends. It's like someone dropped the movie and it and it ends so suddenly. But that wasn't really the ending. The ending was them coming out. Yeah, and, and being I want to entrance to, and I really wanted her to at least be pregnant with Eddie. Well. The, they're leaving the door open to see where it goes. If this movie's not successful, which I really hope that it's the other way around and that it is successful and that the fans of the movie will rally behind it. Well, like Dan, what did Daniel say at the Q and a about that? Someone asked if there was going to be a sequel because they said they had told people that Eddie um, and Marilyn aren't in it. And they asked Daniel and Butch if there would be a sequel and Daniel said if you want a sequel you need to watch it share it out and talk about it to people and spread the good word and let the studios know that you want to see a sequel and I encourage all of you to do that as well if you're listening don't let the internet deter you away from forming your own opinions on something there's a lot of people that don't like Rob Zombie that are talking trash on the film that haven't actually watched it. And I just, that's very ignorant to do that. So Give this it, is where I enjoyed watching your brother watch it. He sat down blind. And then, frankly, I think he was only with us because there was free food. But he sat down blind to watch this. No preconceived notions. He hasn't been paying attention to publicity. He has nothing to compare it to. He was watching this on its own merits and he enjoyed it. Yeah. And I, yeah. So for like, go out there guys and form your own opinion. Don't let preconceived notions deter you from, from watching something and giving it a chance. Cause you might actually enjoy it and you will have missed out on something you enjoy um, or you might miss out on, exper- on an experience watching it with uh, friends and family and making memories over it because you let someone on the internet sway your opinion before you've seen something. So, but is it- do watch it with a child's humor. Yes, allow you- yourself allow yourself to be silly. If you're looking for a if you're looking for a tight narrative, you're not going to get it. It is very much in the style of a sitcom. And I want to say something, just a slight disclaimer, because it could sound like I'm a Rob Zombie fanboy. I'm not. I don't love every movie that Rob Zombie's made. I'm not a fanboy at all. But I enjoyed watching this because it was done with love and I met two of the actors in it. They cared about what they were doing. They wanted to pay tribute to the original show, something that's formative to many, many, many generations now. And they wanted to bring it to the new, the new generation. And I think they did that with a lot of love, a lot of care. And I made memories with my own family for this October, even though it was just before October, but that's how we started our Halloween season was by watching the Munsters together so, as we wrap it up, go watch it. You know, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Whether you love it or you hate it, just give it a chance, guys. And 
fans out there, if you're if you do love it, just talk about how much you love it. Don't let people sway you from not liking something. And yeah, I think that's all we got to say. We really enjoyed it. Is it a perfect movie? No, but no. it accomplished its goal of doing the monsters justice and it just leaves a big old smile on your face. My mom loves the movie. My brother loved it. I adore this movie as well. I'm glad I watched it with my family. I watched it on Netflix with them and I have the Blu-ray of it now. I purchased a pre-order vinyl of the soundtrack with a lot of bonus stuff on there. So I'm pro Munsters 2022. Thank you, Rob Zombie. And really, really love this movie. One of my favorites this year. So, But anyway, guys, that is the Midnight Terrors podcast discussion on the Munsters from Mr. Rob Zombie. Mom, I appreciate that you've come on for three episodes consecutively now. Well, I appreciate you inviting me, even if I can't get people's names right. That's fine. <laughs> I was just thinking, though, if I don't go in and dye my hair, if I let my hair go, it looks just like Lily Monsters. Oh, Lily Monster boy. has a big old white streak in her hair, just like Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, but she's more of a vampire, I guess, according to this movie. But I guess she's always been a, a vampire because she's the uh, the daughter of the Count. Well, she has powers in this movie. I know, but I always she just saw her hair as Bride show. of Frankenstein. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, if I don't die it soon, I got that white streak going. So I'm not I'm not getting old. I'm just turning into Lily Munster. Not a bad way to go. But not uh, at all. And yeah. Anyway, guys, that is our discussion on the Munsters. Thank you to my mom, Kat, for joining me, um, especially for these last three weeks. Uh, going forward for a little bit, guys, um, it is going to be a little bit of a different format on the Midnight Terrors podcast. Um, Jason just has a lot going on right now, um, and he just kind of had to step away for a little while. But I, you know, he'll be back on as soon as he can. And definitely sending all the best to him. I miss him here on the show. And I know he will he will be back as soon as he can. And so for the time being, um, it's going to be me running the show and kind of having rotating guest hosts in and out like I've done with my mom for the last three weeks. Um, I know my brother has agreed to come on the show to talk about a movie with me. I got hit up by someone else on Instagram to talk about a project that they're working on. So that's going to happen here shortly. Um, I'm sure that uh, Mr. J, who you met before, will show up again. And, you know, again, if any of you would be interested in coming on the show, hit me up and talk to me on Instagram or Facebook. And I'd gladly have you on to talk some horror with me. And uh, so, yeah, that's going to be the format going forward for a little while with the Midnight Terrors podcast. But Jason will be back as soon as he can, and it'll be tons of fun. We're going to keep going strong and just keep celebrating all things horror, especially now that we're in October. So if you guys want to follow the podcast, follow it on Instagram and Facebook, Midnight Terrors podcast. Shoot me an email at Midnight Terrors podcast. Wait. Midnight Terrors Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, let's chat some horror. Send in some requests of what you'd like to hear us discuss. And 
Maybe, maybe, just maybe, you might be on the show with me one day. So, that's it for me. Mom, you got any closing thoughts? No, then I just, um, I've had a really good time, you know, not being a horror fan, but really exploring all these things with you and, and getting to learn what horror is all about and the different You are a horror fan. You just have certain types of horror like we all do. I am the reluctant horror fan. I'm getting the t-shirt. There is something wrong with me, though, that is coming from your side of the family because your mom, my nana, um, funny little story about yesterday, my nana saw The Exorcist with my mom when my mom was a little girl, and my nana thought The Exorcist was hysterical. Oh, no, she didn't let me see it. She watched I thought you it watched it with her. T- no, she watched it and told me, are you ready for this? It was the funniest thing she'd ever seen in her life. <laughs> and she just, uh, she loved that movie. So you definitely come by this genetically. Well, so the reason I brought that up was because yesterday I had a performance that I needed to go to. I was going to go play a show um, doing my singer-songwriter thing, but I needed to take a nap because I was just exhausted and I was like, well, I don't want to sit here and lay down in the silence, so let me just put a movie on. So I went to HBO Max, and what did I fall asleep watching like a little baby to? Uh, I fell asleep like a little baby watching The Exorcist. <laughs> so there Dude, is, right. there is something, right. something ingrained in me from my Nana. So thank that you, Nana, for so that. Wrong. So wrong. Yeah, well, what else is new? But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I apologize that it's coming out later in the day. It has just been a very crazy weekend, but I will be back next weekend with another guest, and my mom will be back sometime soon. So, uh, But thank you to my mom for coming on. Thank you guys for listening and, and sharing out our episodes and talking about the movies with us. And... Join us again next Sunday for the Midnight Terrors podcast and have a wonderful, safe, and spooky October, people. Take care, everybody. Later. Later.